Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're in week two of our series called The Most. Last week, Pastor Nicole discussed the most neglected verse in the Bible. We were reminded that the Word of God is our compass and our guide, but in order for it to be those things, we need to understand it correctly. And when we don't, it can be tragic to our faith. Today, we're joined by special guest, Pastor T.J. Schaefer. T.J. is the director of Chi Alpha Campus Ministries on Edinburgh University. He's going to challenge us this morning to examine our lives and decide if we are living our lives with Jesus or just doing a bunch of work for Jesus. It's a great message and we think you'll enjoy it. So let's get started today and discover the most prioritizing verse in the Bible. Here's T.J. Schaefer. Good morning, Erie First family. It is nice to see all of you here. Um, If it's your first time here or if we haven't met, my name is TJ, and uh, it is an honor to be up here, and I'm just so glad that God has brought you um, here on this Sunday morning. So uh, I'm just really excited to continue our series called The Most, uh, where last week Pastor Nicole taught on the most neglected scripture, which is 1 Timothy 2.15. And so this week, we are going to be talking about um, the most prioritizing scripture. And so I'm not sure about you guys, but I know for myself, when I hear the word prioritizing, I can't help but just wince a little bit, Uh, mainly because, uh, I mean, priority management doesn't sound as glamorous as time management and goal setting, right? Um, But we, we really see quickly that it is so important to learn and practice Uh, priority management. Um, Because I used to live my life really believing that everything that was on my plate at the time was top-notch priority, but then it left me uh, with just scraps of time, which led to um, even more struggling uh, throughout the week and uh, understanding that I I didn't have any time for anything, Um, and that's because I wasn't prioritizing well. Um, I just didn't understand yet at the time that not everything that is urgent is a priority. Right? I lived out of a place of urgency versus priority, and then it made me feel and left me feeling burnout and just so frustrated. And so just to give you a context of my life, what it kind of looks like, I am a full-time uh, U.S. missionary to the Edinburgh University campus. Uh, um, if you couldn't tell, uh, these are the college students who are there. Um, planted in there, too, is my wife. Uh, she's incredible, but uh, yeah, her name's Nicole. And so, uh, really, I am there reaching the lost with the message of the gospel, right? My heart is to disciple and equip students to live out a robust faith that is rooted in the person of Jesus so that they will, in turn, make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, disciples, and they take their faith to the grave, right? That is our goal. That is our heart. And so... Um, This is honestly just fulfilling the great commission that Jesus has given every Christian, you and me, in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, to go make disciples, right, through all the world. And so um, that is actually the reason why you are here today, why I am here, is because Jesus and the disciples were faithful to make disciples who made disciples. And that is why we're here. Um, I just love that concept. And so I found myself, um, pre-COVID life, disproportionately serving students. Um, I was giving all of my time and all of my energy, leaving no time for my friends, my family, and at the time, my girlfriend. And I did straighten it up because we did get married. So 
Um, that's just a spoiler alert. But um, at the time, I was just so caught up with the adventure and the excitement of doing full-time ministry that I lost sight of the other priorities in my life. I was reaching and discipling students for Jesus, but as time passed, I realized that I became, with, I became distracted with the many tasks um, going on. And kind of like the woman in scripture, we see her name's Martha. Um, Martha was wrestling with this same thing, the same issue, the same question. Um, what is the most important is, uh, what is the priority here? What is our top priority here? And so um, at this time, I'm going to read Luke chapter 10, 30 through 42, to give you the account of Mary and Martha. And so um, Luke 10, verse 38, starts off with Jesus and his disciples. It says, while they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. And so with reading this passage, I actually wanted to pose a rhetorical question um, for you today. I want to ask, what is your top priority of your walk with Jesus? What is your top priority of your walk with Jesus? Well, it kind of set you all up, uh, just saying, because the answer is actually within the question, so that's fun. Uh, when we, when we talk about the top priority, your walk with Jesus is the top priority, right? And so when I'm talking about top priority, I think sometimes we can feel a little comparison when we're looking at priority number two, priority number three, and number four. Sometimes we um, feel kind of bad putting those in those spaces because then all of a sudden, sometimes it feels like it's communicating that those don't matter, right? Or that those, I guess at the end of the day, if we don't get to it, oh well, but the other things on that list are family, right? Church, your work, friends. And so when we make a priority list, though, we're organizing it to show us what is the most essential and what is the most necessary. And so um, shout out to the Bible, Bible literacy class um, on last Wednesday. We kind of started talking about this a little because I was really excited as I sat in this passage um, I just kept coming back to the fact that Jesus says to Mary, um, or says that Mary has chosen um, in different translations, they use different words, so I'm going to pull those out to show you. Um, so in the NIV, Jesus says she made the better choice. Um, in the ESV, it says she chose the good portion. Um, in the message, it says she chose the main course. In the King James and NASB and ASV, it says that she chose the good part. And in the CSB, it says that she chose, she made the right choice. So what we can gather as we look at all of these translations on the phrase Jesus, is use, Jesus uses is that Mary has chosen the good meal, the good portion, the good part, and the good choice. She chose the most essential, which was Jesus. 
And so this passage uh, can be somewhat of a brain teaser, though, when we first read it, um, right? We look at it and we're like, so is Jesus condemning us for doing tasks? Um, is Jesus really okay with us just kind of sitting around and not doing anything? Um, many of Jesus' teachings at first glance can feel like a brain teaser, right? How many times we're reading, we're like, what did Jesus just say? Uh, and uh, I love brain teasers, though. Always have. And so I was going to decided to incorporate this to show you. So we're going to pull up a couple brain teasers. Um, so what it is, there'll be an image, which actually is, is going to be uh, a phrase as you look at the image. And so take a few seconds to think about what the answer is, and then I will ask you what you think the answer is. So here's the first one. Take a second. Okay, what do you guys think it is? Travel overseas. That is good. Um, okay, let's go to the second one. Okay, what do you think? Split pea soup. Okay, let's go to the next one. A little harder. What do you think? Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. It's a little punny, and those are my favorite. Um, so um, we see uh, that, well, similar to the story that we just read, um, I actually created a brain teaser for us this morning to remember um, the heart of what Jesus is saying in this passage. So we're going to put this up, take a second to look at it, and then I'll give you the answer. It is with over four. With over four. We see in this biblical account that Jesus is explaining he is the priority with him over for him. With Jesus first, for Jesus second. With Jesus is the most essential. With Jesus is the good portion. I love how Jesus uses the natural to explain the supernatural. Jesus was saying that he was the main course. He was actually the real meal, his words, his teachings himself. The meal that Martha was cooking up, he actually tells her that's secondary. That's secondary in Jesus' eyes. But he wasn't reprimanding Martha, no. Um, the scripture shows us, he tells her it's because she was distracted by her many tasks. So to give you a better understanding of this scene, it's like Martha's, instead of Martha cooking up like a nice crock pot meal, right? Who here doesn't like a good crock pot meal? You just throw everything in there, you turn it on and you're gone for hours and then it's a delicious meal, right? So instead of Martha choosing a crock pot meal so she could spend time with Jesus, she decided um, she was gonna cook up a five course meal that was going to consume all of her time and be away from Jesus. How many times in our lives have we felt the same thing? We're doing all these really great things for Jesus and then realize, hey, this person who's actually sitting with Jesus, I want to, why aren't they helping me? Or why are they getting all the good stuff and I'm over here just doing things, you know? How many, how many times in our lives have we just felt like there's just so much to do? So much to do, though. We can't just sit. There's so much to do and there's such little time, right? Our, our plates are overflowing and we just can't seem 
to keep it all organized, right? That between the chores that continue to build up around the house, like the dishes and the laundry, the bills that keep coming in as you're trying to pay them off, your kids are running around, you have your spouse to love, you have your classes to keep up with and your homework, you have your job that continues to demand more and more from you every day, the friends that you still haven't connected with for over a month now while keeping up with your texts and, and checking the, not- the Facebook notifications and the birthdays and you have the news, you have the COVID stats, you have the world news, you have world disasters, And Jesus holds your face. He holds us like he did Mary to say, hey, Martha, Martha, all those are distracting tasks. Do you feel that in that moment where Jesus is so kind to remind us, hey, hey, don't look at those. Look at me. He's been calling us for a long time like this, too. But we've been distracted by our many tasks, even the noble ones that we're doing for Jesus. So maybe you can place your name in place of Martha's this morning. Jesus did the same thing with me in the beginning of 2020. I had about 10 guys that I was discipling. I was leading and helping developing my team around me. I was organizing structures for our students to be fed and to grow. I was preparing sermons and I was preaching at our large group services at Chi Alpha. I was running around. I was doing ministry for Jesus, trying to hold it all together until I finally unraveled. And Jesus kindly said to me, TJ, TJ, be with me. Do this ministry with me. Do your marriage with me. Do your discipleship with me. Are you at the same place this morning that I was back in 2020? Are you sitting there frustrated with the church, with the world, with yourself, just dissatisfied because you've been doing life either apart from Jesus or for Jesus? Have you been serving here at Erie First for Jesus or with Jesus? Have you been faithfully doing your job just for Jesus or with Jesus? Have you been doing your marriage just for Jesus or with Jesus? But most importantly, are you with Jesus? Jesus deeply desires to be with you, actually forever, right? His deepest desire is that you will do life with him forever, both here on this earth and then for eternity. How beautiful of an invitation that is to be invited into relationship. I believe that this morning Jesus is doing the same as he did with Martha, kindly giving us a chance, holding us, grabbing our attention, and allowing us to give him the chance to be number one priority again. So when walking this out in everyday lives, we start to process what does it look like? What does it really look like, though, to do this? And I could give you a checklist, but ironically, you'll fall into the same thing like I did. I was like, oh, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And all of it was still for Jesus, but it wasn't with Jesus. A few months ago, Pastor Nicole was preaching a solid message, of course. Nobody's surprised here. Uh, Talking about the importance of placing Jesus first. And while I was praying about this, uh, during that response, I was actually right over here, praying about that, Um, God placed this statement in my head that I believe is meant for today's message. And so this is what it looks like to live life with Jesus. Um, Prioritizing, 
equals Jesus in first and Jesus infused. Jesus in first and Jesus infused. And so this means that Jesus is at the top of your priority list. Jesus is number one. Um, what does it look like for Jesus to be the top of your priority list? It looks like giving him um, the first fruits, or, or maybe a better understanding is your best energy, the best space in your day that you have the most attention and energy, right? It's giving him um, your best emotions. It's giving him your, your, your mind and of yourself. Instead of Jesus just getting the scraps of your energy, of your day, of your emotions, of your mental space, it's actually giving him the first and the best and going into the word with him and spending time having conversations with him and, and offering yourself as the best. It's, it's talking to God before talking to anybody else. It's listening to God first and it's making him the first person you talk to when you wake up and the last person you talk to before you fall asleep. Doing your day with Jesus looks like inviting him into every thought, every conversation, every workout, every meal that is eaten and cooked, every business meeting, every interaction with your spouse, your significant other, your children, your parents, your neighbors, you name it. When you do life with Jesus, serving at the church now is a partnership with him. Right? Hosting a small group is a partnership with Jesus. Working your nine to five is a partnership with Jesus. Putting Jesus first is trusting that he is with you, not just as top priority, but he's with you in the second priority, in the third priority, in the fourth priority, and so on. This is what it means to be Jesus-infused. It's doing life with Jesus in the other priorities like family, church, friends, and work. Jesus infused is asking yourself, what does it look like for me to do life with Jesus in this area? How do I make Jesus first in my marriage, in my singleness, in my college career, at my work, in my hobbies, in my mental health, in my friend groups? But let me tell you, I have the secret sauce for you on how to succeed with practicing Jesus in first and Jesus infused. Because I promise you, it is not sheer will. It is not strength, because I would lose. I am not strong, okay? That's okay. It's not the catchy self-help habits, no. Um, conveniently, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, so this is pretty cool, but it's love. Love is a secret sauce. And I've said this to my students before, but when love is involved, people do radical things, right? When love is involved, people do radical things. Sometimes good, sometimes not good. Right? But we see this throughout Scripture, this concept, as well as some of the most famous stories that we all know. The forbidden love of Romeo and Juliet leads to a unified commitment of suicide. Anakin's love for Padme and his desire to protect her at all costs bankrupts him, leading him to turn to the dark side. Pride and prejudices Elizabeth and Darcy uh, cross the social lines of class and wealth for the sake of love and the divine love of our perfect God that resulted in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to bring creation, us, back into eternal relationship with him. That is love, right? We will do for love. Yes, yeah, I mean, God's worth it. Um, we will do for love what we would never do for religion. We will do for love what we will never do for religion. 
And so maybe that's why you're here today exhausted, is because you've been doing it for religion, but you haven't been doing it with Jesus. Right? I experience that. It's easy to do for, but it's way, way more uh, refreshing and fulfilling to do it with. Because if we Christians love the person of Jesus, we will live radically with him and for him. If somebody is only in love with the concepts of Jesus, the ideas of, te- of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, they will live a compartmentalized lifestyle of mediocrity, one without sacrifice and one without radical love. And concepts are only the ideas, right, that aren't promised to grow beyond the thought. But faithful love towards Jesus causes an inner transformation and a life that thrives off of his love and motivates every decision that we make in our entire life. This is what changes everything. It is the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus and your love for him, his love for you, is what's going to get you to the grave with faith and get you to eternity to spend full relationship with him, right? That's worth it. That's love. And this is why it matters to do life with Jesus. I know, I know, I know that Jesus saved my soul back in 2020 when I felt like I was doing, well, when I fell into doing life for him. I was busting my back to build the kingdom at Edinburgh's campus. I was putting in wild hours. I was mentally and emotionally exhausted most of the week. I would have been the person that Jesus is talking to in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, saying, Lord, Lord, I built this campus ministry in your name. I had a godly marriage in your name. I prophesied and I brought students to you in your name. And his response would have been something similar to his response in scripture. TJ, I didn't know you. You did this all for me but not with me. I experienced what Martha experienced. And I doubt that I am the only one here today who's felt that. I was frustrated because I was discipling these guys and there was no growth, right? We were putting off phenomenal large group services with dwindling numbers of students, building structures within our ministry that kept turning up empty, And I was just frustrated with God. I walked up to Jesus when I feel like Martha did the same thing, questioning God. I said, I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing all this for you. Why is there no fruit? What's happening? Why am I so frustrated? Why am I not experiencing deliverance and freedom? Why is my marriage so frustrating? And Jesus so kindly held my face in that moment, got my attention, said my name, and reminded me that my life was meant to be done with him, with him. That was the night that was the pivot for me, was when I rolled out this $5, five below, little old ratty rug, because I don't know why, but it just made sense to me. And I got on my knees at 11.30 at night, whenever Nicole went to bed, and I was by myself, and I was like, God, I honestly don't even know what I believe, aside from the fact that you have to exist to some degree. And I was in full-time ministry, right? That doesn't matter. Your relationship with Jesus is what matters because it's with him. And I sat there in that, in that moment, it was so weird because I'm sitting there saying, I don't think I believe. And then God's speaking to me. (laughs) 
And that's when he said, it's with me. I am with you, right? And so that word that Jonathan shared is so timely because he is with you. What, what Lucy and I talked about before service, it's the intimacy. It's the relationship. It's doing it with him that becomes fulfilling and the purpose that gives you joy and motivation to do every day differently for him. Because when that switch happened with me, I chose to sit at Jesus' feet and actually spend quality time with him, refocusing my ministry to be with him, my marriage to be with him, and my whole life with him. And that's when things changed for me. This current season of my life is honestly the busiest that it's ever been, but because it's with him, I know that even amidst that, my marriage is healthy because I'm doing it with Jesus, right? My ministry is the most empowered and expansive that we've witnessed because we are doing it with God, right? This year alone, I've seen in our ministry guys come to know Jesus for the first time ever. I've seen guys who've been baptized in the Holy Spirit living out real empowerment that we see in the New Testament. They're having prophetic dreams. They're prophesying over people in sheets. And while they're cutting hair, they are spending hours interceding for their peers on campus. They're receiving visions. They're experiencing deliverance from things that have held them captive for years. They're sharing Jesus with the lost and they're responding to it, right? These students are intimately doing life with Jesus, and their faith is explosive. And I'm here to share this with you because I've been learning to live this out, and it is possible, not just because I'm on stage, not just because I do ministry full-time, it's possible for the Christian because Jesus told us it is. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that your identity is first as a child of God, and then he reminds you that you are a warrior here to build his kingdom and that you can live life with Jesus and see these same things. You can see generational curses bound and removed. You can see family and friends come to believe in Jesus. You can experience deliverance and freedom for yourself. And you can walk in real authority that scripture shows us we can. You can have dreams and you can have visions. You can have miracles happen and healings happen too. This is meant for all of us, church. This is the reality. This is the truth. This is the person of Jesus. But again, these supernatural gifts and these experiences are incredible and important for the kingdom of God to be built. However, remember, at the beginning of Luke 10, which I didn't share yet, um, Jesus says um, to the people he sent out, they come back and they come running and they're excited because they shared the gospel and they come back and they're like, we experienced the authority. We saw demons flee in your name. That's power. And then Jesus says, yes, that is great. But the most essential, the most important thing is that your name is written in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, those things are awesome, but that's not first on the priority list. Your first on your priority list is that your identity is in Christ and safeguarded in heaven. That's to be celebrated. That's to be walked out. And so... I, I want to remind you guys that it's with him over for him. Because church, as we get this first building block right and healthily walk this out, this is when we will see our church continue to grow and uh, grow in the dependency on the Holy Spirit, walking in empowerment that will lead us over victory, or lead, leading us in victory over sin and temptation 
right? And seeing things that so easily entangle us will be loosed. We will see people to come to know Jesus because you are walking out that faith. This is where we'll actually see healthy, rooted disciples of Jesus who will go to their grave with their faith because we have depended on the Holy Spirit as Pastor Nicole has been steering the ship of this church. We're on it, guys. We're on it and we're moving and Jesus is showing us that this is the first building block is with him over for him. This partnership is where it begins, family. The partnership with over for Jesus in first and Jesus infused. So I want to conclude our time Again, referencing back to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Because this actually shows us that we can do a lot for Jesus and miss knowing Jesus and doing it with him. And so um, I wanted to ask the question for you to think about. We can think we know Jesus, but have you asked yourself if Jesus knows you? Have you asked yourself, Jesus, do you know me? Or have I just been doing things around you and for you or without you? Because I promise you, Jesus wants to know you. Jesus has created you. You are formed in the womb with such intention and wonder and beauty. And so there's no fear knowing that Jesus wants to be with you. The traits that we see Mary exhibit in this story are that uh, it says that she clung or she hung on to every word that Jesus was teaching as she sat at his feet. She was teachable. Are we too, church? Are we able to change our old habits and mindsets to exchange them for the good portion, the main course, the better, the essential Jesus? If you could um, stand with me at this time, if you are able, we're going to respond to this question uh, with a song called Nothing Else. So take this time to examine yourself and see where you are at with Jesus and ask him personally, Jesus, do you know me? And how can I know you better? And if you've been practicing this already, I love that. Celebrate with God and pray for a continuation of that. If you're here this morning and you realize that you've been doing life uh, for Jesus and not with him. Well, now's your time to talk to him, ask for forgiveness, and uh, realign the priorities. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've never considered doing life with Jesus. And hearing this, you're interested and you want to. Well, the invitation is here for you this morning too. Find someone to pray with about this decision and celebrate with them about this life-changing moment. Because doing life with Jesus is amazing, it's fun, it's wild. Um, sometimes it's painful, right? But life is already that. But Jesus puts purpose with the pain and significance with the suffering. Jesus is worth it. And he believes that you are too. And that's why we're here this morning. So the altar will also be open. The space necessarily isn't magical, but it is, um, it is a great space if you'd like to respond outwardly to what God is doing in you. And so, um, maybe you can come up here and respond if you would like. Maybe you can sit in your seat. Uh, maybe you can pray with somebody around you. But remember, with over four, Jesus in first and Jesus infused.
so much for your grace and mercy that is poured out on us um, every day. And God, that in the moments where we are distracted, you do not shame us or guilt us, but you are so kind and so intentional with just allowing us to fix our eyes back on you. And what an honor it is and what a beauty it is to look back to you, to look back to you. And so God, I just pray that you fix our gaze upon your face and allow us to be motivated and driven by your love, that your love will spur on our love for you. And that God, even in the moments of distraction, that God, we would hear your voice calling our name to sit with you and to do this with you. And so God, I thank you so much. I just pray that God, you continue to stir our hearts and our affections for you, Jesus. And that God, you allow us to walk in that truth and the identity that we are rooted in you, Jesus. And that you love us and that you wanna do this with us. So we praise you in your holy, holy and righteous name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Eerie First Podcast. Please give us a rating on your podcast app, subscribe so you never miss a message, and share it with your friends. You can follow Eerie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.